you are Locked On Washington Football Team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast as we kick off Super Bowl week and count you down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs this Sunday at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Plus, we'll go over everything going on in the world of the Washington football team, and there always is plenty. But without further ado, first of all, I'm Chris Russell, the normal host, but we've been telling you that we had some different things coming down the pipe. And you may want to remember from last week, we had David Harrison on, the co-host of the Locked on Bucks podcast, uh, with James Yarko from the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. And we kind of teased that, you know, there was going to be something different going on. Well, it's February 1st. We're here and it's Super Bowl week. And I am very, 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 very pumped up and excited uh, to introduce David uh, as our new co-host of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. So real quickly, we're going to do every show together unless one of us just can't make it or what have you. Uh, Five episodes a week, and David is going to continue doing his Buccaneers podcast with James, uh, and he's going to join us here on this one, and we're going to do it all together, and we're going to have some new features and some cool new wrinkles uh, that we will work in. So without further ado, again, want to introduce my new co-host. Again, you heard from him last week from the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. It is Mr. David Harrison, and he's with us now on his new podcast, the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. David, how are you, pal? Oh, I'm doing good, Chris. Thank you for, I appreciate the introduction, first of all. And then, yeah, I just appreciate the opportunity uh, to come in here and talk Washington football with you and with with all the listeners and, and Washington football fans, of course, and looking forward to hopefully a really strong offseason that kind of helps build around a, a nucleus that I think is honestly really uh, strong. They've already got a pretty good basis for for what the future might hold and, and some good things, I think, in the future for this franchise. Yeah, I'm excited about working with you on a day in, day out basis. And also, like you said, what the offseason holds. And uh, it's already gone off to a twist. By the way, you can uh, f- uh, find David on Twitter at DHarrison82, at DHarrison82. We also want to encourage you to check out, especially this week, the Locked on Bucks podcast, but really moving forward uh, because David does a great job again with James on that. Uh, And we're just going to be working in some of the wrinkles that they do uh, on that particular podcast on this particular one. So, David, let's get started right away uh, with this before we waste, uh, not waste, uh, before we spend any more time on on the show formatics, uh, I want to give the people what they come here for, which is good football talk as it revolves around the NFL and specifically the Washington football team. Uh, As you know, on Saturday night, we found out Uh, after hearing some reports that the sweepstakes for Matt Stafford were heating up on Saturday that the Rams and the Detroit Lions struck a deal and Matt Stafford's going to LA. Jared Goff is going back to Detroit. The Lions are getting two first round picks in 2022 and 2023 from the Rams plus a third round pick this year. Uh, And of course, again, Jared Goff becomes their starting quarterback, presumably uh, in Detroit. Your first blush at that deal is what? I love it. I love it for for both teams. To be honest with you, I know that there's there's some split division on social media, especially about who fleeced who uh, in the, in this deal. But I think both teams 
uh, basically went into this with getting what they wanted to get out of it for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, you have a quarterback in now that has a proven track record of playing successful football when he has uh, the proper pieces around him. I mean, that defense that the Rams fielded in 2020 took them all the way to the divisional round of the playoffs. And now you have a quarterback that can come in there and use those receiver weapons they have, the tight ends they have. And then Cam Akers coming off of a strong rookie year into a sophomore season should be able to help them make some noise in the NFC West for the Detroit Lions. I mean, you're in a full-blown rebuild. There's no reason to keep hold of aging veterans that you can get some value for. You bring in Jared Goff, who, you know, in in my opinion, probably not the future quarterback there in Detroit, but you at least have the opportunity to give him a shot without a whole lot of loss to your franchise. And if you need to move on from him, whether it's during this upcoming season or after the next season or two, uh, whatever you want. I mean, you've got four years to really make a strong decision on what Jared Goff is going to be for the Detroit Lions. And now you've got the draft capital to build a team around him or around whatever future quarterback you decide to move forward with. So I think both teams win and they got exactly what they wanted out of this deal. Yeah. And because they didn't get a first round pick this year, meaning uh, Detroit from Los Angeles, because the Rams trade away their first round picks like a disease, <laughs> they had already traded away this particular one. Um, th- this, you know, look, you don't have to now, if you're Brad Holmes in Detroit and, uh, and the new head coach there, you, you don't have to trade or you don't have to draft a quarterback in the first round this year. You can improve your football team specifically on defense, which was a major, major, major problem despite Matt Patricia, uh, the former head coach there being a defensive guy. It's been a major issue. They drafted Akuda number three overall uh, last year. Maybe they double up on corners. Maybe they just go edge pass rusher, something like that. It allows you because now you have golf and I realize it's a bad contract, now you don't have to go quarterback again in that first uh, in the first round this year. You can wait to find the quarterback of the future future. Absolutely. It gives them a lot of flexibility in the draft, and they're in a really good position uh, that, you know, I, I don't know if, if I were in their position, I would, you know, try to go all out for a quarterback this year. I like the idea of building a nucleus to insert a quarterback into. I've kind of always had that preferred style of, of, of team building just from my own standpoint. Um, but sitting at number seven, I mean, there's going to be a lot of players that you can either – pull the trigger on, add to your franchise, or if you want to, you can trade back and add even more draft capital uh, to your to your pool and to your cabinet and, and go into it that way. Um, they've, they've got a lot of options, really. You're going to find out really quick what this new-look Detroit Lions team and the franchise is going to do, what direction they really want to go into. I think their smartest bet is to kind of build, look for, look, you know, probably three years down the road, and then they have some of those first-round draft picks that they can, they can add to that arsenal to help them build for three years down the road. But we'll see how they want to do it. I mean... I don't know what the draft equivalent of eating kneecaps would be or biting kneecaps would be, but you know, their coach at least has an aggressive mindset, yeah. but at the same time, team building doesn't necessarily need to match that. Uh, just, just depending on how they evaluate their current roster, um, which is very clearly, I think at the bottom of the NFC North. David Harrison is our new co-host. Uh, again, you follow him on Twitter at D Harrison 82. You can follow me on Twitter at WrestleMania 621 uh, at locked WFT pod is the podcast on Twitter. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll just be sprinkling in, again, new elements with David joining us now on a full-time uh, basis. He was at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, and, of course, you can still listen to him this week and every day on the Locked on Bucks podcast, and we'll get to some Super Bowl thoughts, obviously, as we go along in this particular week as we draw closer to Super Sunday. Um, from a Rams perspective, David, you know, McVay did not draft Jared Goff. He got there the year after, so he inherits Goff. They get to the Pro Bowl, or he gets to the Pro Bowl a couple of times. They get to the Super Bowl in year two. They win the division uh, two years in a row. He rescues him. 
in Seattle this year uh, in the playoffs because the other guy got hurt and then starts against Green Bay. And, you know, they were in that game. They had a chance. They could have won that game. They were only down by a touchdown late. Do you think he gave up on Goff too quickly? Or do you think that this is just a move you have to make when the NFL stands for not for long? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think he gave up on him too quickly. I think that uh, the Jared Goff contract, honestly, is, is another representation of some some piss poor contract management there that's happened with the Rams franchise, not just under you know uh, Sean McVay's time in, with the team, but going even going even back further. You look at the Trayvon Austin deal and yeah. and uh, even Todd Gurley moving forward. So I mean, there's there's just been you know some some bad investments, and I mean that's that's just kind of part of the business. You can you can look at it and and, and try to place blame wherever you want to. But at the end of the day, I think what the Rams realized that Jared Goff's style of quarterback play wasn't what they needed to fit their roster. I mean, they've got some very I don't want to call them undersized wide receivers, but they are on the smaller side of the NFL wide receiver scale. And when you have smaller wide receivers, you have to have a quarterback that can not only put the ball where it needs to go, but they need to get, he needs to get it there on time and he needs to get it there consistently. And Jared Goff is, is the type of quarterback right now in his career anyway that needs a strong system around him to elevate his game, whereas the Rams are looking for a guy that can come in there and help elevate the players they already have in place. And I think that's what they're looking at in Matt Stafford. And I think Matt Stafford has done that. I mean, I know the Detroit Lions haven't had a lot of success, you know, over the years, relatively speaking. But I think that without Matthew Stafford, the Detroit Lions offenses that we've seen are much, much worse. So look, moving forward for the Rams, they have time to now use him to try to take advantage of this window that they have of playoff competence. And then at the same time, take the time to, to scout future quarterback classes, maybe even some in the middle rounds of this year and build for their future quarterback. You guys know no two people are alike and no two tax returns are alike either. Thankfully, TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you. Learn about your unique tax situation and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you got married this year and have some questions about how that affects your filing status. Maybe you want an expert to review your return so you don't miss any deductions on the new house you just bought. Or maybe you just want to hand the whole thing off from start to finish so you can focus on your burgeoning baby photographer career. Hmm, that's a mouthful. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert file for you, it's TurboTax Live. Experts, they give you the confidence to know that your uniquely you taxes are done right. Visit them. Intuit TurboTax Live. All right, so David, now obviously this has an impact on the Washington football team because they don't get Matthew Stafford despite having the man who drafted him number one overall back in 2009 as their new GM. So Washington made an aggressive play. You can debate whether it was aggressive enough. Clearly, they weren't willing to go two first-round picks. Uh, the thing I most commonly heard from a couple of people around the league they thought was the number 19 overall and a third-round pick this year because they have an extra third from the Trent Williams-San Francisco deal. Mm -hmm. If I said first, number 19 overall, and one of the thirds, do you think that was an aggressive play or do you think they should have been more aggressive in trying to get Stafford away from Detroit and away from going to McVay and the Rams? I mean, I think that it's a good offer for the Washington football team to make because, you know, you're looking at a team that, yeah, you can, you can win your division. And I think coming into next season, they're still going to be in a position where they can win their division. I don't see the Giants, Cowboys, or Eagles really getting so much better from this season to next that they're going to just push Washington out of the picture if they don't do something dramatic so you have that kind of balance. I think that's the first step, right? The first step is how do you how do you compete within your division to secure a playoff spot? But then you still have to remember that once you get to the playoffs, you've got to beat those other contenders 
So you've got to kind of keep an eye on the Green Bay Packers of the world, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Seattle Seahawks, the 49ers, now the Rams, uh, the Arizona Cardinals even, you know, until late in the season, we're in that mix. So you've still got to keep an eye on how do we compete against those other playoff caliber teams. And so if you're Washington, you're not in a position, you know, if you, if you sell out and you give up multiple first round picks and you bring Matthew Stafford in, I think you immediately become the favorite in the NFC East moving into 2021. And then you still have some mid-round draft picks that maybe you can bring in some skill position players, bulk up the wide receiver room, bulk up the secondary a little bit better and become an even better contender in the NFC East. But then once you get into the playoffs, are you going to have the depth because health is always a concern? Are you going to have enough skill position players to force really solid defenses in the postseason to spread out enough to give you enough room to operate? And I think that's the line that Washington couldn't cross here is, is selling so much of their future that, yeah, you're making it to the playoffs, but once you get into the playoffs, you're clearly overmatched by some of the other teams. So even though they didn't get Matt Stafford, I like where they came in on that offer, if that is, in fact, the offer they made, because they weren't going to sell so much of their future that they they lose uh, you know, January competitiveness, so to speak. But right. they made enough of an offer that I think Detroit obviously had to listen and consider what they had to had to pay. You know, it's interesting because you're you're talking about like maybe not going too far. I I wonder as we sit here what the price they're going to be willing to offer to Houston for Deshaun Watson right. because you know they're going there if they haven't already gone there. Whether Houston is going to trade him or not, and they said they're not going to. Uh, we will debate that, of course, moving forward. We'll have. I think we think some time to obviously get into that, but you were at the senior bowl in Mobile, Alabama. We had you on as a guest last week. And now that you're with us full time, I wanted to pick your brains on maybe some of the quarter, some of the quarterbacks that you saw firsthand during the practices uh, that you were at in Mobile, Alabama, and maybe how Washington might be able to solve this creatively. Plus also who stood out to you uh, as well as a couple of other position need areas. Now that they don't get Matthew Stafford, meaning Washington, obviously Deshaun is going to be a factor here. There are plenty of other free agent possibilities that are veterans and still Alex Smith and Taylor Heineke and uh, all that. We'll discuss that earlier, uh, or I should say later on uh, this week, but I'm curious as to some of the quarterbacks that you were able to see in these practices. Did anybody jump out at you? The Wake Forest kid, I know when we talked earlier last week after one day of practice, um, did a little bit on that first day. I don't know what else you saw the rest of the week, so I'll tee you up like that. What did you see that you you know, maybe were intrigued by or that you liked and maybe could possibly see uh, being a target of the Washington football team? Yeah, Jamie Newman out of Wake Forest had a had a very good week for himself. And and when you look at the practices, I mean, he he basically represented himself with I think what a lot of people expect him to, be, which is a mid round quarterback project. Uh, you know, end of day two is probably is the ceiling. I think you're probably looking more of a, at a day three pick. I think Jamie Newman probably goes in day three. And you got a guy who's got he's got enough arm in, to to make throws in the National Football League. He's got some mobility to him as well, and he showed the ability to compete. Uh, in systems that he's not comfortable with, take the coaching. I mean, you, you didn't hear a lot of coaches kind of getting on him for for stupid mistakes, dumb mistakes, or or doing the same thing wrong twice, and that's exactly what you want to see, especially out of a quarterback, is that mental capability and capacity to learn and to learn quickly, and I think that he showed that he can do that. Uh, Felipe Franks is, is another quarterback. The kid from Arkansas had a really good week as well, uh, probably not as good. Ian Book showed some mobility. I'll tell you, Chris, um, you know, I knew Ian Book was was about my height, but seeing him out there on the field uh, for the first time, I, I, you know, I didn't get to see him at Notre Dame in person ever. He is really short. And I'm actually, I'm almost wondering if his, where he's hiding in at about 5'11", 
is actually maybe a little bit of a, of a favor to him. Um, so that's going to be a little bit concerning. You know, not a lot of quarterbacks in, in the NFL history uh, that can make great careers out of out of that unfortunate, you know, physical uh, disadvantage. Mac Jones, uh, the, the guy that everybody went to the Senior Bowl, obviously, to see the number one quarterback in, in that group, had a really inconsistent, I will say, day one. But then in day two and day three, he looked really good, and he looked every bit the part of, of a late first-round guy, early second-round guy, depending on where you can get him. So he's definitely in that conversation. And I don't know that he goes round one. If he does, it's probably a team trading into the back end of round one to pick him up to get that fifth-year option on there so they have plenty of time to make a decision about his future. Uh, but if, if somebody takes him, they've got a guy that knows how to make the throws, knows how to read, knows how to read the defense. You're not coming into it thinking you're going to turn him into this ultimate mobile quarterback. You're coming into it thinking – We've got a pocket guy that we need to build a solid offensive line around, give him weapons to deal to, and he'll be able to do that. So he definitely did some good things. From a wide receiver standpoint, I mean, if you watched the game on Saturday, you didn't see him, but Nico Collins out of Michigan, he's the kind of wide receiver, I think, that when you look at the Washington Washington crew, they've already got Terry McLaurin out there. They've got some other pieces. I think Nico Collins is a good guy. Again, probably day two you're looking at him. That could add some a, a different dimension to this receiving group, give him a more big-bodied, big, -bodied, big uh, wingspan good catch radius and ability to go up, climb, climb up the ladder for the ball, high point the ball. And he, he won a lot of one-on-ones and in a lot of squad drills against some really good defensive backs this week. So I think he definitely helped his stock and is a guy that if I'm Washington and I'm looking to bolster my wide receiver group, which I mean, they, they have to be, he's somebody that definitely caught my attention this week as well. What about, um, and I know when we talked last, I believe it was Wednesday from the Senior Bowl in Mobile, and again, that was after just one day of practices, uh, you were pretty high on Shai Smith. How did he, yes. uh, the slot corner, uh, slot receiver from South Carolina, how did he finish up the week, uh, in your opinion? Didn't look like he had a major impact on the game, but still overall a good week for Shai? Oh, yeah, great week for Shai Smith. And I, and last I looked, he's he's being mocked at, at about a third or a fourth-round pick. And I'll tell you right now, if you can get Shai Smith in the fourth round, that is an investment worth making. That that kid's got some – he's got some juice to him. He's got some technical skills that I don't think anybody was really expecting to see out of him and then ball skills. I don't know that I saw him drop a single pass uh, in, in this in the practices. And then he has the ability to manipulate the defender. He knows how to set up the route. He knows how to get into his break, get out of the clean, get his head around for the ball – and what's really impressive about a guy like him, Shia Smith is a guy that doesn't have a lot of size and a lot of length to him. So you really want to see out of wide receivers like that is one, can they, can they get off the line of scrimmage against bigger, longer defenders? And yes, he can. He answered that question time and time again. And then two, when the ball is in the air and he's tracking it, can he make his move for the ball late enough so that the guy that has that height advantage, that wingspan advantage over him can't react in time to deflect the ball or to make a play himself? And he showed again, time and time again, he's got such a quick late move for that ball. I mean, that ball is almost probably to that defender's helmet level before Shia's hands are even going out or opening up to bring that pass in. And that is something that you you can teach, but the ability that he does and the fluidity that he uses and, and how comfortable he looks kind of being that late reactor to the pass is something that you don't see very much of. So again, a third round, I, I would be happy, honestly, with a third round pick spent on a guy like Shia Smith. But if you get him in the fourth round, anywhere in day three, I think that's an investment you're going to you're going to really reap the benefits of. Yeah, you know, I remember a couple of years ago when Washington select Jamison Crowder in the fourth round, right. I had watched him a lot at that senior bowl that he was a part of. And I just loved everything about him. And I couldn't believe that Washington actually picked somebody that I really, really liked. And Jamison Crowder, you know, really productive as long as he's healthy. And mm -hmm. he wasn't productive. 
he wasn't healthy his final two years here in Washington, part of the reason they let him go. But uh, I do know that they tried to bring him back. I, you know, I, you kind of wonder, you know, McLaurin was a third round pick. Um, you know, if they can get Shy Smith or somebody like that in the third or fourth round, you know, that allows them to fill maybe, uh, you know, some other needs, of course, because they need an offensive tackle. They could mm-hmm. need a corner. They could need another safety. They desperately, definitely need a future middle linebacker. Uh, they need a left tackle. There's so many different things <laughs> that they can do. So if you can find, you know, some somebody, especially to help you out from the slot in the third or fourth round, that's probably – uh, a, a good area. And then, of course, you know, you have to see what you get in free agency. David Harrison was at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. He's our new full-time co-host. You can also listen to him on the Locked on Bucks podcast with James Yarko and follow him on Twitter at dharrison82. We're going to have some new exciting wrinkles for you guys that we will work in. And when we come back and finish up the Locked on Washington football team podcast for this uh, first edition of the week, we're going to talk about Kyle Smith officially leading. And then we're going to get into uh, some um, uh, a first round mock projection that I wanted to bounce uh, off of you uh, before the end of this particular episode. We are with you on, again, the Locked on Washington football team podcast. I'm Chris Russell, along with David Harrison. We are brought to you by Built Bar. That's right, guys. 18, 18 total flavors, six new flavors, 12 original The six new flavors, caramel brownie is awesome. I've had those. Uh, Cookies and cream, yum. Cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Of course, if you go to the 12 original flavors, man, my favorite. Uh, I don't know about you, David, but I love the peanut butter brownie. Uh, I like peanut butter. I like anything with peanut butter. Uh, And the double chocolate is pretty damn good, too. And I've had the mint brownie uh, as well. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious guy. Any diet, they're low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. If you go right now to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's the the promo code locked on at builtbar.com for 20% off your next order. All right, are you guys ready for some big game action this Sunday? Yes, indeed. We've told you that David is the co-host of the Locked On Bucks podcast, and you know the big game has not only your typical spreads and your totals, but all the prop bets in the world. So we'll be discussing some of those throughout the week here. Guys, you can not only hear that conversation and get some details on that, but you can get in on the action yourself. If you go to betonline.ag and sign up today for a free account, again, at betonline.ag, and if you use the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, the big game is coming up this Sunday, but you don't have to wait until this Sunday for some action. You've got NBA, NHL action. You've got futures. All sorts of fun can be had. Don't sit in on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, with David Harrison, we continue along and wrap things up here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast, our first episode together. Uh, Again, make sure you check out David on Twitter. He's got a lot of great information up there, at dharrison82. I am at uh, at Russellmania621. And, of course, you can listen to David still 
on the Locked On Bucks podcast with James Yarko. So make sure you check that out. All right, is there a defensive player or two that you walked away going, man, that guy's better than I thought he was, or wow, that he really popped off off the field. You know, he really kind of lit it up. Um, was there any, you know, one or two guys maybe that jumped out at you? Yeah, there's there's two defensive backs, both from the University of Central Florida, Richie Grant and Aaron mm-hmm. Robinson. Grant is a is a safety and Aaron Robinson's a cornerback. Both of those guys had really good days. Uh Aaron Robinson on day one. I saw was playing just a little too physical, and you know, and, and at the at the end of the day, especially in a senior bowl type of practice, you don't want to take too much away from a young guy and, and by, by with that physicality because you're looking at him, he's fighting through the ball, he's fighting through the defender and trying to make plays, but he got just a little too handsy. Kind of, it almost looks a little bit desperate. I, I want to say, but as the week went on, he really kind of cleaned it up and showed just how much his physical level of play could match up with wide receivers. So both those guys came out of a mobile, definitely making money. I mean. Uh, it's not very often that you see a team draft two defensive backs from one school, but if they were to get either of those guys or both of those guys, then I think you're looking at a good draft hall. Richie Grant's definitely going to start off his NFL career as a depth piece, but he showed some raw abilities and he made a really great play on day three of the practices that really wowed a lot of people. I mean, you know, as well as I do, uh, Chris, that from, from the media section or the press box, wherever you're at as a media member, you don't want to have too many reactions. Uh, when when Richie Grant made an interception late on day three's practice, I, every you would have thought it was a game, and the stadium was full of fans. I mean, everybody reacted with with such excitement over the over the interception. Just the way that he was able to get into his coverage, the way he was able to read the quarterback where he was going to go for the ball, break on the ball, and bring in the catch. All of it, all of the tools that you saw, he put them all together. That's exactly what you want in a ball hawking safety. So he definitely made some money for himself as well. All right, so David, before we uh, get to one first round mock projection uh kyle smith the executive vice president of player personnel for the washington football team left officially on friday uh we knew that he was leaving uh did not know that the atlanta falcons had gotten in there hot and heavy because the rams and the 49ers were also uh doing their thing and checking out uh and trying to get kyle in but he chose to go to the atlanta falcons that's a team that obviously you're more than familiar with from your work with the bucks and inside the NFC South, I'm just curious, with a new GM there, Terry Fontenot, who comes over from the Saints, uh, do you, you think this is a big deal for the Falcons or uh, and a big loss for Washington? Or how do you kind of, I guess, read the situation? Yeah, I mean, I think for the Atlanta Falcons, first and foremost, it's it's a huge acquisition. I mean, it's it, Kyle Smith is a guy that's kind of known around the league as, as being a hard worker for one, a thorough worker for, for two, and that kind of is an, is an understated feature, I think, or characteristic of any employee in that type of a role is is how thorough that a person needs to be at times and then can be and is willing to be. And that kind of just shows the passion that he has for the job. And then for the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, they're entering a time in their franchise where the next, you know, three years worth of draft classes and decisions that they make uh, player personnel-wise are going to map out the next five, eight to ten years of how their franchise goes. So bringing in as many smart minds as possible that are willing to work together and work in, in union as a team to put this team on the right track, I think is an intelligent move for them. And then for Washington, really for me, I mean, coming from kind of an outside view, really just kind of diving into everything, it's just kind of one more layer of just what's been a really weird story to follow, you know, what's going on with the Washington football team franchise and, you know, from from the owner's situation and everything else going on down. And I almost just kind of wonder, you know, it, it just might be a situation from my point of view where, it's just one of those times where it's it's time to let this person move on or, or it's time for him to kind of get a fresh start. He's kind of been here 
through all the stuff and you have Ron Rivera come in and they had those other two hires come in during the offseason. It's like, look, we're just, we're moving in a direction that's not necessarily your fault that all of these things obviously kind of happened, but it's just one of those, one of those situations where if you're, if you're tied to it in any way, shape or form, not to blame for it necessarily, it's just time to move on and shift the course of the franchise. So I think it's a smart move, even though you are losing somebody who has, has a very good reputation around the league and has kind of proven to know what he's doing in his job. I still think it's a smart thing to do. Just kind of get that fresh start, kind of keep the wheels moving with this new look Washington football team franchise as everything else that's also going on still kind of continues to work through the uh, the course that it's going to go. Yeah, and they had three scouts also that left the organization or that they parted ways with uh, too. So we'll have to see what happens with Tim Gribble, who runs the college draft. Maybe he'll leave after the draft. Maybe he'll still leave uh, this this week. Uh, there's no indication of that right now. Um, certainly, you hope that you have some continuity in terms of what those guys have been working on over the last six, seven months, right. uh, getting ready for the upcoming NFL draft. And we're going to be NFL draft heavy uh, on this particular show, I, I, I obviously. Why wouldn't we be, right? And we'll have plenty of coverage for free agency. Uh, one thing that I wanted to end with, uh, and we'll do this as much as we possibly can. Look, they're only projections. They're only mocks. But I always think it's fun to kind of kick it around. Uh, the Draft Network, which does a good job. I think Joe Marino did uh, this particular one. At number 19, if Washington finishes up uh, having that particular pick, and we've got a long way to go, uh, David, they um, – they picked Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota, uh, at number 19 for Washington. Uh, I know, you know, I could probably live with that pick um, without doing a ton of work on him, just what I've seen in live games over the last couple of years uh, at Minnesota. Would you like that pick, or would you think that is too rich for Washington if that's the way it went down? Yeah, so I mean, I, I like Rashad Bateman and I like him as a draft prospect and, and a first round draft pick as a wide receiver. So all of those things said, just for the Washington football team at picking at 19 to get the fourth wide receiver off the board, I feel like you're 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 reaching more for what you what your roster says it needs versus the best talent you can get off the board. And uh, when I, when I look at who Joe still has on the board when he makes that pick for Washington, you look at Samuel Cosme out of Texas, an offensive tackle. I think that's that's probably where I would go. To be quite honest with you, with that pick, if, if it were up to me, if this was my mock draft. And like you said, we still have a long ways to go. But with with the way that wide receiver class has been coming out in recent years, and this year is going to be is, – is projected to be, I suppose. We don't know until we know. But is projected to be another class where you're going to have talent in round two and round three and even round four that can come in and make uh, make some make some impacts on your team. And, and Joe's blurb, he kind of talks about Washington going out and signing Curtis Samuel as well as drafting Rashad Bateman. In my eyes, if you bring in a Curtis Samuel, you pair him with Terry McLaurin, you've already got Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas, who Joe mentions mentions in there. For me, that actually gives you even more reason to wait until rounds two or three, middle, somewhere in the draft, to add another wide receiver. Instead, use this first-round draft pick and go get a defensive back. If there's one that you can make an immediate impact in your secondary, go get an offensive tackle, go get an offensive lineman. Quarterback's probably too rich here. I don't think I would go Mac Jones at number 19 either. But go get somebody that you can know you know is going to make an improvement on your team right now, even if it's a depth spot on the offensive line, and then wait and get a wide receiver that can also make uh, an impact on your team. You look at this this year's free agent class, right? Juju Smith-Schuster, not a first-round draft pick. Chris Godwin, a third-round draft pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and mm-hmm. is, is one of the main reasons they're heading to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you can find wide receiver talent later in the draft, round two, round three, day two, 
And I think that the smart thing to do is pull from the pools in the first round that are a little bit more shallow, which is the offensive line mostly, and then wait until the second or third rounds to go into the pools that are deeper, which is the wide receiver class. Yeah, there's so many intriguing names, though, that I'm like, oh, man, if you could add, right. <laughs> you know, Bateman is one of them, but Kadarius Tony is another, you know, and we could debate this, uh, obviously, over the next couple of months, and so much of it will be shaped, as you correctly point out, by what you do in free agency. Uh, for instance, if they sign Chris Godwin, if they sign – Curtis Samuel, if they sign Allen Robinson, it's hard to see them at number 19, obviously, going uh, with a first-round pick at receiver. All right, so it's all downhill from here, right? How do you think the first episode went, David? <laughs> I think it went well, Chris. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Again, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to come talk Washington football with you, and I look forward to getting getting to know Washington football team fans and and uh, getting to know how how their social media atmosphere, where that's always the, the adventure is social media. Yeah. I know how Bucks fans react to stuff. It, it'll be interesting to see how this fan base reacts. To no, stuff. I think it's going to work out just great. I look forward to it. You're on top of everything. Uh, and then whatever I can bring to the table, whatever we can bring to the table, hopefully it'll be a uh, an, an interesting and dynamic debate type listen and information uh, and opinion and analysis. And we'll get you covered on everything you need to know, free agency, the draft, the inner workings of the Washington football organization. I'm really pumped up uh, for this moving forward, David. You're going to be a big part of this uh, and I can't wait I'm excited I'm rejuvenated and I hope the fans out there enjoy it as well we're going to have some new elements that we'll introduce as we go along uh, but for right now we're going to say thanks to our sponsors from today's episode TurboTax Built Bar and BetOnline.ag and also a quick reminder to join uh, NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson as they host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt giving you the national perspective from all around the NFL and giving you the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, including the Locked On Washington football team podcast and the Locked On Bucks podcast, where you can still hear uh, David with James. Uh, especially this week, guys, if you're looking for great Bucks coverage as they get ready to play the Super Bowl at Raymond James Stadium, check out, again, the Locked on Bucks podcast. For David Harrison, uh, I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for being with us on this first uh, episode of the Maiden Voyage together. Uh, we've been working a lot behind the scenes, and we're going to try and bring you the very best content that we possibly can. Back at you on the next episode. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Lots of exciting things to come. Again, for David, I'm Chris. Thanks for listening and downloading the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Mm-hmm.